0: Before we get into today's episode, we wanted to tell you about SVPod, hosted by Scott Van Pelt alongside Stanford Steve. This podcast brings you high-level sports analysis as well as stories as two dads raising kids, plus find out every Tuesday what they hate and see if you agree. That's SVPod. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Also, NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews, offers exclusive content Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Alongside Malika, there is a full cast of NBA experts and insiders, including Kendra Perkins, Chenea Gumake, Vince Carter, Zach Lowe, Woj, Ramona Shelbourne, and many of our NBA reporters from around the league. Get caught up with the latest from around the NBA on NBA Today on ESPN and the ESPN app. One app, one tap, and also available as a podcast. Listen to NBA Today wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of DC and RC. I'm Daniel Cormier. That is my man, Ryan Clark. Ryan, thank you for coming back, my friend. We missed you. Last <laughs> missed week. you, brother. It was hard. It was tough. It was tough, my guy. It you was did a great job. Show without, I, I, hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Now, guys, coming up in this show, the goat, Amanda Nunes, my friend, my good friend Amanda Nunes stops by. Even though Ryan tries to drive a wedge between us. A- us we're also going to talk about dc excuse me dc i don't mean to cut you off no tap out what's up i don't mean to cut
1: you off stop lying to the people i don't try to drive a wedge between you and anyone what it is is that the the the, the, the ufc and the mma world understands me and respects the fact that i support everyone there is no hate dc you know when if I would get into the octagon after the fight I would remember everyone's name every this time we talk right here. about Amanda this Nunes right here. every time we talk about Amanda Nunes oh Kayla Harrison is better dude. than her wait, Juliana wait, Pena wait, 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 is going to beat her stop, stop.
0: forget huh? people names what you talking about forget people names <laughs> right <laughs> Wait a minute. I missed it.
1: I missed when you said that. And then all of a sudden, it hit me. Like, wait a minute. Wait, so nothing's off limits? Oh, my bad, man. My bad. You're right. I, hey, I got to stop. I had to you, make you, sure.
0: Hey, you as, you as bad as Conor McGregor trying to get me fired. Like, so now y'all working together to try to get me fired. I didn't forget Sean Brady's name. I know Sean Brady's name right now, Ryan Clark. But guess what, though? Ryan Clark, I was in there last weekend. Okay. Had every every name. One that I didn't forget, that I would never forget, is is the king of Rio, Mm. Jose Aldo Jr. Mm. Boy, let me tell you something, dog. This dude put on a performance Saturday night, man. And to think that he's been around for as long as he has to still be able to fight at that level, unbelievable.
1: You know what, DC? it, It was one of those strange things for me. You talked about how good... Rob Font was. I think going back, we we were talking about this weight class a while ago at Bantamweight, and you were saying you know people kind of underestimate who Rob Font is, and when I watched this fight, Rob Font was getting off first a few times, and he was landing more strikes, and I felt like he was the more active fighter. There was actually some time where, where he had cage control, but then every time Jose Aldo landed a strike, every time he touched Rob Font, you could see the difference in the power. You could see the Difference in the effect. And I think that's what's been the most telling thing to me about Jose Aldo at fighting at Bantamweight was once he kind of understood the cut, once he understood the, the stamina that it would take, that he could last into the late rounds and what pace he could fight at, he's truly been at some of his best in these last two fights. And to watch him affect. Rob fought on the feet the way he did with his hands and then understand the takedown in the ground game and have the ground control he had in the fourth and the fifth round. It was truly an amazing performance. But where do you see Jose Aldo going from here, DC? Is there a route Mm -hmm. to a championship for?
0: Well, yes, there is. And Piotr Jan beat him the first time, but you got to remember, that was the first time he fought at 135. Mm -hmm. So, It's an understanding of getting your body down to where you're supposed to fight. And that was a great point about the pace that he can fight at. Right. Because he doesn't have to match the pace of Piotr Jan like he tried to do in the first fight. Because the first three rounds is very competitive. Mm -hmm. But then he got fatigued and Piotr finished him. Now he understands the weight cut. He understands how to fight at 135. There is a route. And the route is through TJ Dillashaw. Okay. He's going to have to find a way to fight TJ Dillashaw. Now, what impressed me the most on Saturday... Was that Aldo is showing his entire game? Mm-hmm. He's not just trying to stand and, and, and kick. He's right. kicking. He's fighting behind the beautiful jabs. He started working with the Brazilian uh, Marines, the Brazil Marine team, yeah. the boxing team. Crazy how effective he is with his hands. But it was the jab that he throws so beautifully. Now, then, when that right hit, when he would let that right hand yes. go, Rob yes. Pont was going flying
1: every single across time
0: across the octagon. Right, every time he hit him. He would make him fly across the octagon. And then I love when Andre Pettineris told him in the third round, now give me some kicks, it'll open up the hands. Mm -hmm. Dude start blasting kicks, boom, boom, boom. Now Rob Font's legs are are damaged a little bit. So he's a much more willing target. I I thought it was beautiful. And and Ryan, very rarely am I starstruck Mm -hmm. or enamored with the athlete in fighting. I, I don't get like that anymore. I've been in the game too long. But Jose Aldo, every single time, every time he walks out to Rihanna. Mm-hmm. And every, you know the song, hey, he right? Run this town, yeah. You run this town because it, his walkout is, is iconic. Every time he, I take my phone out of video, I'm in the octagon talking to him and I'm, I'm like touching him I'm like, man, this is Jose Aldo, like for all that he's done. And I remember the moment we started doing this, you had this like, you almost held him up on the pedestal. And to see him still doing this, man, he deserves to be there. Because that wasn't very long ago what people thought the dude was done.
1: Right. And, you know, you watch, like I told you, and I've said this on this show for multiple times, Jose Aldo was the first little man I was ever scared of. Right. He, he was the first dude that I was like, hey, you know what? Like This dude's 135, 145, and I don't want none of it. You know, just yeah. a, a explosive. And I remember back then, it was always the calf kicks that scared me. I was like, mm-hmm. how are you going to fight a dude that's that explosive with his feet and with his hands? And when he came over to the UFC, he came over with that reputation, okay, this is the champ. This is the baddest man at that size. And he reigned in the UFC at, at the beginning of his tenure here too. But another guy who's a huge UFC name is T. TJ Dillashaw. So the yep. prospects of that fight, one, does that fight excite you? Two, does mm-hmm. that fight make sense? And three, will it happen?
0: You know, honestly, for me, RC is very exciting. Like, I can only imagine. Because there was a time where these guys held the titles at different weight classes, yeah, where Aldo yeah. was the 45-pound champ, Dillashaw was, was the three. bantamweight mm-hmm. champ. So it excites me. But, does it make sense? Not necessarily for T.J., you know, TJ, after beating Corey Sanhagen, was almost guaranteed the next shot. If if Aljamain Sterling and Piotr Jan didn't fight the way that that last one ended, TJ would probably be scheduled to fight for the belt if not for injury. So for TJ, I don't know if I'm, like, saying, hey, give me Jose Aldo when it seems like he is the next guy. Right. But for Aldo, it makes absolute sense. It's like... Yeah. Give me the next best guy mm-hmm. that knowing if I beat him, there is no denying. Because now he has beaten Chito Vera, who looked phenomenal against Frankie Edgar. Yep. He has beaten Pedro Munoz, who's fighting against Dominic Cruz this yep. weekend. And now he has beaten uh, he has beaten uh, Rob, Font. Rob Font last weekend, mm-hmm. who was working his way up the Bantamweight ranking. So he's three in a row now. You put TJ Dillashaw behind that at number three ranked, Jose Aldo? How could you deny him a championship fight?
1: Yeah, and, and I think, though, when when you look at Jose Aldo, he has to understand, too. I remember it was, what, two fights ago, we were talking about Jose Aldo and asking, was he the gatekeeper? What Was he going to be the guy that the Young Cats had to beat in order to get into yes. title contention? And now he wins that fight, and then we see him beat Rob Font. If I'm him, I'm pushing For the TJ Dillashaw matchup, but you're absolutely correct. If you're TJ TJ Dillashaw, you say, okay, I came out, I beat the Sandman, right? I understood that I would be number one at the time. Was number one at the time. Was number one at the time. Right. And and you're right. The only reason he's not fighting Piotr Jan now is because of the way that the Aljo Sterling fight ended the first time. And he has to get his opportunity. One, he's a champion still. He has to get Mm -hmm. his opportunity to defend his belt against the interim champ. What I want to see, though, is if T.J. Dillashaw says, you know what, it's a fight I want to take because the people want to see it. It's a fight Mm -hmm. I want to take as I'm waiting for something to happen. You've been a fighter, D.C. You fought your entire life. You wrestled your entire life. Is that something that you think entices him? Is the money enough? Mm -hmm. Is the opportunity enough to take a chance on fighting someone as explosive as Jose Aldo?
0: So I think it's different for T.J. Dillashaw, right? Because remember... When his suspension started, he was the champion. He was the Bantamweight champion. It's not like he was a guy that was ranked highly and pursuing the belt. He was the champ when he left. Mm-hmm. So for him, it's like title or nothing. Okay. And I can see that being the reason why he goes, why do I need the Aldo fight? Mm-hmm. I don't need the Aldo fight. And plus, Aldo's smart knowing that if it takes another one, because of the way the Piotr Yan fight right. ended with them the first time, Beating T.J. Dillashaw after Rob Font and all these other guys, it makes absolute sense. Now, uh, again, it's all a big jumble at the top of the division because of the way that first fight ended. Absolutely. But after we're watching uh, T.J. beat Corey Sanhagen mm-hmm. and Corey Sanhagen fighting as valiantly as he did against Poirier and Abu Dhabi, right. it's like there's excitement in this division. True. True. There's a bit of a, a jumble because Aljo uh, is the champion, and, we're and on him. so many believe that Piotr Jan is the best, right. right? So it makes for a very weird situation. But if those guys get matched up in the first quarter of the year, uh, Sterling and, and Jan again, I could see, see Dillashaw Aldo being the co-main event or oh. a featured bout on the fight card. And if by some uh, incident, some accident, one gets hurt, now you just shuffle TJ Step into the title right. fight. Right. So, yeah, the, I can see a path where that type of things happen. But look, honestly, it's just very exciting because for a weight class, a small weight class where there's not always that much excitement. It's explosion. Right. Now, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's explosion. Goodness, Ryan, it's such a great weight class. Right. And, and then that, that's the me, thing, Jose Aldo. Exactly. Be, it, it, with Jose Aldo winning right.
1: and, and not being a stepping stone. Exactly. With, with Jose Aldo Aldo now making himself someone who is in championship contention, I think it only raises the caliber of the bantamweights at 135, but from one Brazilian champion and and, and great to probably the greatest Brazilian <laughs> champion. And I'm going to say it again, the greatest, D.C., no matter what you try to say. Now, nah, we have nothing but, but respect. Week, hey, stop.
0: Now, I'm not trying to hurt. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to hate on Amanda, but a couple weeks ago you were saying how Anderson Silva was the greatest Brazilian champion of all time. Wow. But you see how you, you and Johnny come lately, right? You see how you and Johnny come lately, right? I, well, listen,
1: at least it? I didn't go from liking the Houston Rockets to the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> but right now, right here, man, we have the GOAT two-division champ, Amanda Nunez, <laughs> the greatest woman miss, mixed martial artist of all time. Let's welcome Amanda. This is a real question for you, DC. This is a real question. Why do you hate Amanda Nunez?
0: Juliana Payne is a dog, man. She's not. A, she, she is gonna be the toughest band of weight fight Amanda has had in a really long time.
1: I'm gonna play that for-
0: no, Don't you dare play that for Amanda. Don't you dare try to make it seem like I'm going to make go. No, I no, mean, no.
1: When you, when it was Julia out of, when hey, it was dude, out of Pia, hey, dude, you were saying no, that she was going to no, beat no, Amanda hey, Nunes. Now no, all of a sudden, Kayla Harrison is going to beat Amanda Nunes. I see what you're doing. Here. No, 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 I see what you I'm just doing. trying to ask. No, I, so we just shouldn't watch no, the fight? No, Ryan, I'm not saying. If she fights no, Kayla Harrison, we I'm just not shouldn't watch it. No,
0: I'm not saying. No. You sound scared, DC. I'm a bit scared of Amanda Nunes. I am a bit scared of Amanda Nunes, if I'm being honest. Passion. Drive and patience. And Listen, look who's here! now joined <laughs> oh, by the greatest oh. and most dominant female athlete of all time, Amanda Nunes, champ. I never said all that. That was some very carefully edited videos. The videos were edited carefully to make uh, it seem as though DC, I said you all broke those my things. Heart.
1: Thank you, Amanda. You broke
0: champ.
2: my heart, Champ,
0: <laughs> I mean, come on, champ. I'm out here trying to. Hey, champ. I'm out here just trying to line your pockets. No, I just out here trying to line your pockets with money.
1: And Amanda, it's you, Ryan Clark trying to turn us to enemies. Amanda, welcome to the show. It is so exciting to have the goat. As you can see from the video you just Bruh, watched, Amanda, I crazy. constantly have your back. Every time DC gets to pick a <laughs> fight that you're in, he's like, Amanda should be scared. This woman's I never all this. Said that. this. This woman's dude's all lying that. Again, so leading up, so leading up to your fight this weekend, Amanda, what are you most excited about showing again when you step into the octagon?
2: Honestly, I'm very excited, you know, go back to 135. For so long, I don't be there before. For, for so long, I will not be there for why? And man, I, I always say that, but like, I've been improved so much, yeah. you know, I'm almost 34 years old. So every time like I step in the gym, I learn something, you know, things just come together even better. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna say once again, I'm better than ever honestly like everything like is being getting the placey so my body like responded pretty well the diet and like i'm just like really very 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 good feel very good right now
0: amanda is there anything unique about this challenge i mean you fought everybody You've beaten everybody, and you've beaten them dominantly. But when you look at Juliana Peña, mm-hmm. is there anything unique about the challenge that you're going to see on Saturday night?
2: Honestly, just the talk. <laughs> honestly. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody talk like Juliana.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I never fight. Nobody's talk like her. But honestly, like, it's not getting me wrong. You know, she tough, you know. But, like... She's the only one who talks so
1: much like that. <laughs> well, listen, every time we see you step in the fight, you always bring out your A-game, no matter who it is. If you're fighting, if it's Misha Tate, if it's Holly Holm, if it's um, anybody who steps in there, uh, Valentina Shevchenko, in this fight with Juliana Pena talking the way that she talks, do you want to shut her up a little bit more violently or quicker than you have some of your other opponents because she's trash-talking a little bit?
2: <laughs> Honestly, like, every time we step in the cage, we really think about finishing somebody, mm-hmm. you know? No matter why. If they talk, or you know, they they being quiet. So with Juliana, it's not different, you know? Every time that I step in the cage, I want to really, really prove a point, you know? I'm the better fighter here. I'm the best. So with Juliana, like, I, I think it's going to be the same, you know? I feel like uh, any moment in this fight, I can finish her, you know? So... I feel like she's gonna give me all all the moments that I want to, to knock her out or to finish her, you know. I feel like if she, she play the the wrestling game with me, I know the neck is, is all all there. You know? She have that huge weakness. It's like the neck. And I will get the neck. And if she really show up like pressure me, like right. she, she says she's gonna do. I will knock her out, so it's like oh, I everything that. is covered. I'm gonna, gonna wait for the <laughs> moment.
0: Amanda, so you said that if she pressures you now, this is something that Charles Oliveira is also uh, dealing with. Another Brazilian champion we have. People are calling back to a time where he would maybe not fight as well as he got fatigued. Mm-hmm. You think that's what Juliana's kind of holding on to because for a while. It was always like, can Amanda cardio hold up? Can it hold up? Can it hold up? Obviously, it's showing that it holds up. But is she looking so far back to a fight from years prior that's giving her confidence to think and want this fight as badly as she wants? Is she reaching? Is essentially what I'm asking.
2: Yeah, DC, I feel like she has to to find something, you know, because she knows she she is gonna have a hard time with me. She has to find something to at least like. Hold on, and then think about if she's gonna be, beat me with a mistake that I already fixed. It for a long time ago, you know. And all does it get annoying, points. though,
0: man? Does it get annoying though that people still <laughs> question whether actually, or not the cardio is gonna hold
2: up? I, <laughs> actually, it's not getting annoying because I like when they think like that. You know, right. they they focus so much on that, and then when they step in front of me and sees they they get so uncomfortable. And realizing that moment, they, are, they were wrong. So I feel like she hold on to that is even better for me.
1: You know, when, when you look at, at this fight and Juliana Pena really being the challenger that she is, I just need you to do me a favor. And I'm going to ask for this. If you come out and she pressures you and you knock her out, just remember, I want you to look at the outside of the octagon. Find <laughs> Daniel Cormier. Oh my God. Amanda, I want you to find Daniel Cormier and you point to him and you say R.C. was right for supporting me this entire time, for always saying I'm the GOAT, for saying that I'm untouchable. You point to D.C. and you say R.C. is right. But he's talked about kind of what some of the people point to as weaknesses you may have from past fights. Do you think you say you're getting better, which is crazy to me because every time I watch you, you look more and more dominant. Coming into this fight, what things do you think you have gotten better that people haven't gotten the opportunity to see you do already?
2: Honestly, like, I like to watch my fights a lot. You know, I like to look back, you know, I put myself in in the position as my opponent, you know, how I can beat Amanda. So, and I watch, and then I say, I see a couple things that mm-hmm. I have to fix and then go to the gym and then fix, it, you know, that mm-hmm. thing. I feel, I feel like I really watch all the mistakes that I have and then fix it for the next. So for make sure they, you know, everything's, is, 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 um, everything's work on and everything's right. is better. So, yeah. And that, huh, I, of course, I cannot tell you guys you <laughs> that, I might give, I cannot tell you guys because, of course, she might she watch listen. this or yeah. whatever, and then, and then <laughs> she's gonna know. You know what I mean? I cannot, I cannot give, yeah, like that present to her. So, but like I make sure I fix it all mm. those holes that I have, and. Yeah, I'm like I'm ready to go, DC. Nobody's gonna take this from me. I'm hungry. Yeah, I'm a lioness.
0: <laughs> yeah, that huh? DC, hey, champ, even so,
1: you, DC, I, you dude, won't take dude, it from I, me either.
0: Hey, dog, hey, no, no, come on, man. You could let me. I'm gonna say this right now. Me and the man have been rocking since Strike Force, so you'll never build a wedge between us. <laughs> yeah. But champ, let me ask you this last question, champ. <laughs> now, with your dominance in two weight classes, it becomes historical. So now everything is in historical terms whenever Amanda Nunez walks out to the octagon. And you've said on many occasions, you want to build a legacy that will never be touched. What does a victory over Juliana do for that legacy when you've beaten just about any, I mean, you've beaten just about anybody you've ever fought, and you have beaten a who's who of names in female mixed martial arts? What does this one do for the legacy of Amanda Nunez?
2: I feel like this one is going to take me to, to that level to beat that number, you know, the most title defense in the history in the UFC. Uh, and I'm I i want to get there. I work hard, you know. And this one is the next one for sure. I'm gonna get that victory. And I'm working to to beat that that number.
0: Champ, <laughs> thank you so much thank for joining you. us. We really appreciate you taking the time. Listen, you are the greatest female fighter of all time, Absolutely. and we are all honored and privileged to be able to watch you perform good luck this weekend enjoy yourself and i can't wait to see you in vegas amanda good luck amanda
2: Thanks, guys awesome talk to you guys see you soon <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was the double champ the goat the yeah. greatest fighter of all time listen I'm, I'm still doing this every time i talk to amanda nunez because i hold her up on the mount olympus of fighting but ryan when you talk to Amanda Nunez, the mm-hmm. most dominant female athlete of all time, at least in my opinion, right. it got me thinking. Mm-hmm. For this week's list, let's list the top five female athletes or most dominant female athletes of all time. And Ryan Clark, I make one plea to you. Please do not cheat. It's only five. Five people. That's it. Just five most dominant female athletes of all time. My friend, the floor is yours.
1: So is is this what it's like when someone gives you a taste of your own medicine? You start to whine and cry to the official. So so you you, you hit a guy low, you poke a guy in the eye, and then he does it to you and you complain. Hey, hey look, her hey, right dean. Herb right, dean, right, dean. look what he right. did to me.
0: Right, <laughs> I'm on the dude of the pile at the football game, squeezing your side. Right, and the moment somebody squeezed my side, yeah. I'm like, hey, man, do throw the flag. Yeah. Throw all the right. Flag. So, so, so
1: here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna start at number five. Number five for me uh-huh. is Candace Parker. Right, you think, I think okay, about okay. Candace Parker, right? Player of the year in college, rookie of the year, MVP, WNBA, and mm-hmm. this past mm-hmm. year she goes back home to the Chicago Sky and wins mm-hmm. a championship. Mm-hmm. For all that she's done on the court, she's also So just as amazing off the court, whether it's TV, community service, we've done panels together in the offseason through the 2020 social justice uh, movement. I think Candace Parker is the greatest basketball player as a female ever. On top of that, she's one of the greatest basketball players in the history of the game and first woman to get her own signature shoe. Don't forget that, oh, DC. Okay. Own signature okay, shoe that you probably okay, can't Ryan. fit because you're too short. <laughs> all right,
0: that's a great pick. Okay,
1: then we go number two. I'm going Amanda Nunes for all the reasons. Wait, 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 wait. Number four? Yes, number four, DC. The most well, dominant. You got it's a top five. She's the most dominant female fighter of all time. If, if I, I believe that Amanda Nunez, when you look at the list of people she's beaten, she's beaten Ronda Rousey, she's mm-hmm. beaten uh, beating Valentina Shevchenko twice, right? She beat mm-hmm. Cyborg in explosive and dominant fashion. Amanda Nunez is the greatest female fighter of all time. I think before it's done, we're going to have to start counting her in the greatest fighter of all time. And number three, I'm going Katie Ledecky, seven gold medals mm-hmm. in the Olympics, mm-hmm. 15 world championships, the most of any female swimmer, and she's still going. Just had another dominant summer in the Olympics. She's been one of the greatest female swimmers of all time. She's one of the greatest swimmers of all time, period, for the USA. And I'm going Katie Ledecky at three. At number two, I'm going Simone Biles. I'm going to leave it at this. Mm. When they start naming moves after you, you are the greatest Mm -hmm. to do it. Period. When they start giving you or taking off points because you're making up your own moves and they don't even know how the hell to score it. That means you're too darn good. That means you are out of this world. You are out of sight. They ain't never seen nothing like you. And you are so dominant that it's turned from love to hate. That's Simone Biles. And at number one, I don't even know why this is the question. This is Serena Williams, bro. Serena Williams might not only be the most dominant female athlete of all time, she may be the most dominant athlete period, of all time. We're talking about an individual sport. And this is not even to add what her and her sister Venus have done in doubles. Serena Williams has revolutionized what we thought about tennis, the way your body type could be, the way you dress, the way you dominate the type of power and force that you could play with. She's a dominant force, both on the, whether they plan on, you know, if, whether it's clay, whether it's grass, it does not matter. Serena mm-hmm. Williams is the best to ever do it.
0: Oh, my goodness. That's a pretty good list, Ryan Clark. That's a pretty good list, Ryan Clark. Um, I feel like you're about to hate. I, I'm not going to hate. It's actually really good. It was very well thought of. Um, so I'll start mine. At number five, A, Misty May and Carrie Walsh. God, Ryan Clark. Ryan Clark. These two women won the Olympics in 4-8-12. and 12. Ryan, they lost a set. It yeah. was a story. Now they right. lost one set. And it was a story. We're talking about dominance. Hey, DC. We're talking about dominance. Yes.
1: That's two people. Just keep going. though.
0: No, no, no. It's one. <laughs> no, it's, it's one. It's two people, Because DC. they play as a team. It's two people that play as a team. We didn't Ryan. ask for the best female
1: duos. But no.
0: No, no. This is this is actually, it's, this is it would have been unfair to not list them because they play as a team. But the reality is, DC. That, that actually, Ryan, that actually makes it harder. That actually makes it harder. Because you got to be so in sync. That you can become as dominant as, e- as these two women became in, in, in beach volleyball. And I gotta be honest, it was during my Olympic run, so I got to see it live, Ryan. So I guess my eyes make me hold them in high. Number four. Now, but, but they are so dominant. At number four, I got Simone Biles. Simone okay. Biles has 32 world and Olympic championships on top of everything else that you said, Ryan. Like, yeah. that's 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 insanity. I think that. She is as good of a gymnast as we've ever seen and that we will ever see. She's the greatest of all time. So she goes to number four. Number three, honestly, Ryan, I I think that Venus Williams. I think that we kind of forget about Venus because she always lives in the shadow of her sister. I think that we got to remember what Venus uh, did over the course of her career. She was easily one of the greatest tennis athletes of all time. And she came first. She came yeah. before Serena, and if not for Serena surpassing what she had done in the, over the course of her career, she would have gone down as maybe the greatest female tennis player of all time. Knowing that there've been so many phenomenal female tennis players before her, whereas Serena was a little thicker, Venus was a little longer, lean, yeah. going just really controlling the court at number two for all the reasons you gave for your number one. I got Ven- I got Serena Williams. I mean, the dominance that she displayed at the peak of her career, and even today, to be able to compete at the level that she competes at, after having children, after starting a whole nother life, and still being competitive, Serena Williams is number two. But for me, number one is Amanda Nunes. Bro, you don't, you don't dominate two weight classes in fighting. Right. Effortlessly going between those weights, and beating the very best that the world has to offer, especially in the fashion that, she is beating them. The only competitive fights have been Valentina Shevchenko, who is honestly one beat of her. So the only person that can even like sniff, hold a candle you is the greatest at 125. So if Amanda could make 125, we're talking about a woman, Ryan, that could be the champion. 45, 35, and 25. What's more dominant than that? You dominate the entire sport of mixed martial arts. So for me, and number one, it's Amanda Nunez, my friend. And I truly believe that we have some same people on there, but I believe that I got the better list. Well, DC, once again, you cheated. And
1: I think that's. That's not cheating. That's what it, that's what it came down to. It's corporate Jake.
0: Let's ask corporate Jake. Let's ask corporate it, Jake. Do... Corporate Jake, can you please clarify in this? One?
1: We, we don't have to ask corporate Jake. Like, I, I know exactly. Well, I know right, exactly what Cor- DC you did too. I think I think your list is great though. To to th- th- this is one of those lists man to be honest like you can't be yeah. wrong though. You no, know what I mean? you're not. you know you like you, when, when you pick We're not saying no neither one of us is yeah, wrong. That's what I'm saying like you can't I'm, be wrong. This is like like I think your list is great to have Amanda Nunes one for all of the reasons you said uh, you know like That's a that's a great argument. But I think that's what's great and what's starting to be amazing about female sports. though. right, like we're we're, we're getting to a point to where we're starting to understand how athletic they are, how much adversity they deal with, as opposed to what some men do at times. And I think I think that it's amazing to see what these women have been able to accomplish. And I thought it was super cool and people won't get to see it as you asking Amanda if the baby was there. You know, and, yeah, and, and, yeah, and, to, yeah, yeah. and to to be able to to raise a family and do all of those things, and yet still be one of the greatest in the world at what you do. Same with Serena coming back after having yep. her baby. Like I think all of those things added to what added to what these women accomplish in their field of sport or in their field of endeavor is also another reason why they're top five most dominant females in the world. And for so long, women
0: wanted to be viewed in the same or held in the same regard that men were held in terms of their athletics. And I think today, more than ever, the women are getting the credit that they so rightfully deserve, not only from athletics, but the things that they do outside. Ryan, you spoke to Candace Parker and about her involvement with trying to help during 2020, when everything seemed to be flipping upside down, to be a voice for a lot of different people. You know, the the work that Amanda does outside of the octagon, Serena and Venus, uh, Simone Bowles, raising awareness to the anxiety and everything that that, that played into her not being able to compete. Mental health. It's like so many of the biggest issues in the world today are being pushed to the forefront by these tremendous athletes. Absolutely. And it's great that they are getting uh, the credit that they so rightfully deserve. But as you said- there is no wrong list yeah, when you're listing these phenomenal women that are just leading. And and honestly, being role models for young women yeah. all around the world, because you listed, Ryan, we listed four Americans and a Brazilian lady. Yeah. A Brazilian woman. Right. So it's all around the world that it you is. can look up to these strong women yeah. that are role models for the next generation say, I, yeah, you of, really, of female athletes.
1: Like you really think about it. The only thing that was wrong with either of the lists was that you used two people again. But I didn't, like, it's like, I just, that. that's my only gripe. Layout, DC.
0: RC, that's my only gripe, RC. That's my only gripe is that, and I hate that you paint me this way. I, I thought that was honest. They should have told me when I sent it in that it was not okay. <laughs> man, lay <layout>, man. <laughs> UFC 269 is this Saturday, live from the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. Dustin Poirier challenges Charles Oliveira. Amanda Nunes versus Juliana Pena. It is going to be a phenomenal fight night from the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas. And now it's time for one round with the diamond of Acadiana, Dustin Poirier. Dustin, how's life from the hills of Lafayette <laughs> with that new mansion <laughs> that you just built? I mean, this
1: boy right <laughs> no, here is living
3: on top of the world right now. Talk to Come me, DP. On. Look, the king needs a throne, man. And we had to, we had to <laughs> set it up right in Lafayette. My man
1: Hey hey, hey, what's D- up Dustin man I still live in the boot too man I'm out in Baton Rouge uh, Listen you had the big fights uh, This year right And that's and that's how we build These palatial estates In Louisiana D.C. He, <laughs> he got all bougie on his DP He moved out to Cali So his house got to be A little bit A little bit smaller than ours man Oh
0: my goodness boy, So y'all house shaming me now <laughs> So this, 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 this dude Now your house shaming
1: me
0: Okay,
1: okay. We area D- code D- shaming you man Area code dog. Come you on, know what D- it is You got too on, big D- for D- us D-
0: Dustin, don't be like everybody else inside with this dude. Like, this is crazy. Now, DP, listen. Everybody else in Louisiana, yeah. <laughs> yeah. DP, listen. The right, big right. fights are fun. Mm-hmm. The big fights are fun. But ultimately, it's about the championship. And you finally get an opportunity to once again become the undisputed lightweight champion in the world. How good does it feel to finally be on this moment?
3: It feels great, man. It's a special week. Um, I, f- I feel great. I feel in the moment. I'm just enjoying the ride, man, and enjoying the journey. I've worked so hard to put myself in this position to even have this chance to, to call myself a world champion.
1: You know what? You, you fought your way back to this position, but you obviously had a chance early on this year where you could have fought Charles Oliveira for the championship. You had a fight with Conor McGregor, went out there and absolutely dominated. And at that point, I said on this show, I thought you were the best 155-pounder in the world. You get an opportunity to go out and show that against someone who's had not only just a good career, but a great career. And has been on an insane win streak leading into this fight. What makes you confident that you can walk out of the octagon as the undisputed champion
3: this weekend? Because I know I can beat anybody in the world. Mm -hmm. I just have to be able to compete at my ability. If I compete at what I'm capable of, I'm the world champion. Uh, There's no doubt in my mind.
0: (laughs) You know, Dustin... And when we talk about things outside of outside of the, the public, you know, you, you talk about the evolution in the in the, the of your career in your life. And we talk about the mentality from day one to today. Speak a little bit of how, how much you have changed mm. up top and how yeah. much you take from those last two fights as you are about to challenge for the championship.
3: Man, D.C., you know, you know how it is just going through the motions of a fight week of that magnitude. Um, The training camps, the media, the, you know, the grinder of the of the, all the media outlets and just beating that same drum, showing up to the gym every day, putting in the work, putting in the sweat equity, going back home mm-hmm. and then and then having a big fight like that. It just that's all experience. You know, I feel so comfortable and so calm this week here in, in Vegas, getting ready for this. Checked in with the UFC this morning, been doing interviews today. It just feels like where I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, we saw you in
1: this same position uh, against Khabib Nurmagomedov uh, years ago. And now you're getting that opportunity again to put yourself in the list of people that really makes you truly one of the greatest mixed martial artists of all time. Earlier, you talked about the journey and, you know, football seasons are different than what you guys do. You know, we we go to training camp. We get 16 weeks, 17 weeks to do what we need to do. You're speaking about a moment. What's the moment like when you do walk into the octagon to face a champion, to face somebody who else, somebody else who's one of the world's greatest? And how do you calm yourself and focus on the task at hand?
3: That's, that's it, man. I've been, I feel like my whole career has been times where I felt in the moment, Mm -hmm. times where I felt like I was looking in, you know, from the outside. Right. And for, for me to just grab a hold of the reins and be in control of what's going on around me, I think is a, is a, accumulation of experience over the years yeah you know like the last two fights with connor i really felt like uh, myself out there Mm -hmm. i'm not i don't know i'm just comfortable with who i with who i see in the mirror i think that's that's it you know
0: i saw it in the mcgregor fight right the first fight you kind of like i got you and then the second (laughs) fight you started smiling and then he started wrestling with you after you started getting a hold of him now that confidence that look we all have insecurities going into mm-hmm. an octagon to fight. And you know, we've spoken about these things. Um but those moments like that, those moments where you feel like completely within yourself, they carry you in the next moments. When you yeah. look at Charles Oliveira, how do you apply those lessons Dustin to a guy that has tremendous power with his hands mm-hmm. and also is as good as anybody we've seen in the octagon when the fight hits the floor?
3: Yeah. Better than, than anybody we've seen in the octagon if we're going off of numbers. Right. Um, the best the best. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just, I need to make this my fight. I, I need to make Charles react to what I'm doing. And I'm going to show you Saturday night, man. I've been training for this moment my whole life. It's 25 minutes. I, I, I was saying 25 minutes to make life fair. Well, this moment I have here to be called the world champion, to be the best in the world at 155 pounds, it's 25 minutes till infinity. Because once you do that, you submit your name as a champion for eternity. Once a champion, always a champion. That's the way I'm looking at this. No, this abs- is an opportunity.
1: Yeah. D. A. D. P. DP, absolutely is once a champion, always a champion because that's all DC ever talks about. He hangs it over my head <laughs> constantly, bro, that I don't have a championship belt. I heard you say that if anybody stands in there if Charles Oliveira is trying to stand in there with you for five rounds, eventually you'll knock him out. When you think about, about your plan and the way you want to focus on this fight, are there things that he does as a fighter, though, that you feel like you need to stay away from in order to impose your will on him? He does a lot of great things.
3: Um, throws big power shots. Mm-hmm. He has a good, clean left hook. Good long cross. Big knees. Yeah. Uh, good good front kicks. And obviously, his jiu-jitsu is dangerous everywhere. So he, he does a lot of good things, you know. And uh, he's a very dangerous fighter. That's the thing. We're both finishers. Yeah. We're not going out there trying to jab and win rounds. circle exactly. and jab and win the round. We're trying to finish each other. So the fans are in for a treat when it comes to that.
1: And so, and so I have a question as a fan, right? This is a fan question. When, when, when I'm watching Charles Oliveira, and we're talking about a guy with the most submissions in UFC, and he's in the first round with Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler's beating him. And then he comes out the second round. He gets the quick left, puts him to sleep, fights over. And then I watch... Michael Chandler fight Justin Gaethje, someone who you had a classic bout with, and Michael Chandler standing up to those punches and taking all that damage from Justin Gaethje, who's put people to sleep. Was it surprising to you that Charles Oliveira, a guy who is so much so known for his ground game, to possess that type of power against a fighter like Chandler? And is that something that excites you when you think about the stand-up game matching your power against his?
3: You know, it's not a, a measuring contest like that. I'm not looking to stand in the pocket and see who punches harder. I'm trying right. to I'm trying to move and be the matador, make him miss and make him mm-hmm. pay. Um, anybody can be put away. That was a great shot he landed. Right. Ch- Chandler was moving in forward with all of his weight. It was just perfect timing. Mm-hmm. Great technique. Um, I don't really play the MMA math. I don't go back in and watch fights and say, well, this guy you. was durable in this fight. Right. I don't do all that. You know,
0: Dustin... When this fight, and as I've said on record, you're the best lightweight in the world, I've said it time and time again, but then as this fight is is announced, people start talking about Charles Oliveira as it's almost a point that's already done. Dustin Poirier is the best, he's going to beat him. Mm -hmm. Charles Oliveira seems to be getting overlooked in this, but as you look deeper into the matchup, it's a very competitive fight. How do you make sure that you don't start to pay attention to all those outside voices that are saying that this is not the best matchup for him, when he matches up with a Dustin Poirier. Because I'm not a dummy, DC. I, I've,
3: been <laughs> <long>. <laughs> I've been fighting too long. I've been fighting too I don't look past anybody. You know, Even if the guy was coming off of a three-fight losing skid, I wouldn't look past him. Everybody's dangerous. We got four-ounce gloves. This guy's one of the best in the world at finishing guys with submissions. So this is a very, very dangerous guy who's probably walking in here with the most confidence we've ever seen him. He's got all yeah. the experience. Yeah. Now he's walking in as a world champion. This is a dangerous man.
0: I saw this dude in Vegas, Dustin, when you guys were fighting you yeah. and Conor, and Ryan was there. He carries a swag about him, like you said. You speak to his confidence, whereas you got that nice swag. That dude's carrying that type of swag himself mm-hmm. as he goes into the fight on Saturday.
3: Man, not only swag, a, a beautiful set of teeth. I mean, <laughs> incredible mouth <laughs> Hey, I ADP. was thinking the same thing when I looked at the pitch. I was like, that boy, T, white as
1: hell. <Wow>.
0: That's how they do it in Brazil. <laughs> now, DP, <I> listen. Mean. <laughs> you got that nice Acadiana flag on, you, on your head. You know what I'm saying? You know how we do. You know how I laugh yet. Now, DP, we make lists here, me yes. and Ryan Clark, every single week. And he cheats so too, DP. So this list, right? I'm not going to cheat this time. But this list, we're going to call it, this is so Louisiana, since we got three Let's Louisiana go. boys on here. So what I want from you, Dustin, are your three best, Louisiana Foods, as you're dieting, as you're getting ready for the fight, what does Dustin Poirier have on Sunday when Ooh, he gets back yeah. to Louisiana? Give me those three, Dustin. Those Ooh. three things that you got to have, Louisiana
3: cuisine. DC Christmas is coming up. I do gumbo yes, every sir. December. Yes, sir. Everybody's coming to the every, crib. Okay. I'm doing gumbo, potato salad. That's, that's at the, the top when I get back But home. that's together. Gumbo, is, gumbo
0: and potato salad yeah, is one. That's,
3: that's one meal. That's one meal. I mean, I, I don't mix my gumbo and potato salad. My wife does, but I understand what you're saying. So <laughs> I, I, I would. We'll uh, let's see. You know, I got to hit up Dino's Pizza, man. I, I I've been yep, missing yep, my that's pizza. Okay, Dino's that's just pizza. A, Dino's. Yeah, we got some boudin pizza over there. That's just oh, that's the yeah. Louisiana oh,
1: boudin. pizza. That's the that's the yeah. Louisiana and Tim, right there.
0: You know, Tim, and them, Tim and them do their thing. You know, Tim and them do
3: their thing. Yeah, yeah. And let me see three. I'm going to the best stop and getting boudin, man. Getting links of okay, boudin. Okay, boudin okay, falls.
1: okay, okay. Dustin, know? I was watching you, though, man, and you were talking, uh, you say you didn't get a Thanksgiving, right? You were about to drink your morning shake. You were going to get it with your breakfast. But you was <laughs> talking about pies and desserts. So when, when you get to the crib, what's the dessert going to be, though? We see what your food is. What dessert
3: you this get? Is a, I'm not a big dessert guy. Okay. every Thanksgiving, uh, that's when I really get down with dessert, pies and stuff. But I missed it this time. So, I'm I'm bringing the pies to Christmas. You know, I don't know. I might try to give me a pumpkin pie, apple pie. Okay. Damn, I'm I'm doing it all,
0: man. (laughs) My man, Dustin, here you go. For me, I'm more, I'm just traditional, right? Give me the gumbo, give me the red beans and rice, and I need some rice dressing. I mean, rice dressing for me is the best. Those three. I like the gumbo. I I don't really mess with jambalaya all that much. I don't eat shrimp, I don't eat crawfish etouffee. I don't eat none of that. I like gumbo. What? Give me some red beans and rice. And give me some gimme some dirty. Give me some gimme some rice dressing, man. Give me those three and I'm good. That listen, that, that's why you check it If
3: the red beans don't have cornbread with it, I'm not in. I'm not in. One hundred percent.
0: See, see, Dustin. Bro, see. Hey, wait, stop, wait, stop, stop, Ryan, stop before you go. Hey, Dustin, Ryan to give you all kinds of fancy stuff because you know that NFL money a little different. So uh, like Ryan, why don't you start <laughs> that?
1: NFL money don't a you start different. that, <laughs> Ryan? Let's get you. Don't three. you start that? Hey, off the off the top, <laughs> number one's gumbo, right? Off the top, you okay, got okay. you got to go with gumbo. Number one. Number two, I'm going to get me some charbroiled oysters.
3: That oh, I, I, yeah, I, I, I my mind.
1: See, DP, the DP with me too. That's because we still oh live mind. in Louisiana and our money stretch, DC. We we didn't move yeah. away and get bougie, right? And then that a hey, and that number three, I'm staying traditional. I'm going jambalaya, bro. You like the jambalaya? I love jambalaya, bro. Come on, DC. One I can
0: man. do, Dustin. I love Brian. That's jumble The jambalaya is one I can do without, Especially if I got to choose, right? If it's I got to choose, I'm not choosing jambalaya. Listen. It's been great list. Dustin, the food going to be fantastic when you get home. But before then, you got something Have to accomplish. Business, bro. Every, hey, my man, good luck this weekend. I can't wait to call the fight, my brother. And, hey, ladies and gentlemen, Saturday night's a big bad Cajun boy walking to the office. <laughs> yes, got it right is. There. Dustin, man.
3: thank you so much. Dan, Dustin, boy. thank you for joining us, man. We appreciate you, thank baby. Thank you, guys. Thank you, bro. Thank you, guys. And even though hey, even though we're struggling, it's still who that. <laughs> it always, it's always who that. Hey, always. I got you. Dustin. Gotcha. We,
0: Dustin we wanted to do favorite sports teams, but they wouldn't let me because they know Ryan wouldn't say the same. I sure Ryan ain't. Wouldn't say the
3: same. <laughs> <laughs> Good <laughs> hey, luck, champ. Hey, thank
0: you, bro. Hey, Ryan, that was the diamond. Dustin Poirier. They say diamonds are forever and so is Dustin Poirier. But now it's time to tap. Let's get it. It's time to tap in or tap out. Corporate Jake, let's go.
3: On Monday, Jake Paul announced that Tommy Fury withdrew from their fight due to injury, and stepping in as a replacement is none other than Tyron Woodley. So,
0: RC, tap in or tap out on this Paul Woodley rematch?
1: I tap out. I tap out. I I, I don't want to see it again. Uh, the 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 first time uh, wasn't necessarily exciting. I think Tyron had you know the one moment where he knocks Jake into the into the ropes and. I don't even know if I was gonna tap in on seeing Tommy Fury, to be honest with you, but at least it was a new, a new storyline. We getting tattoos. Are we gonna get tattoos on toes now? Is, is that gonna be the new move? I, I, I tap all the way out, DC. You you can do what you want. I'm out on it. I, I'm tapping in, RC. I'm
0: tapping in because I bought it last time. I'm gonna buy it again, hoping that Tyron Woodley lets his hands go. I know, I know. I'm like the guy that keeps betting on the horse that has 10 to 1 odds to win. But I I, I got to go with the world champion, and I'm tapping in to go watch Tyron finally do what Tyron is supposed to
1: do. Go hey, for Jake. watch it on your phone and screen grab it and send it to me if he knocks he, him out. you
0: out. He, He's going to knock you out. I think He's he going to knock you out, Ryan. He's going to knock you out this time. All right, Saturday night, former Bantamweight champion Cody Garbrandt makes his flyweight debut against Kai Kaikara, France. DC, tap in or tap out that Cody will make 125 his permanent weight class. Um, I tap out. I think that Cody may win this fight at 125 this weekend. I don't know. I will not make a prediction. I can't. But it'll be very difficult for him to continue to make this weight over and over and over again. And like I've said before, when you're changing weight classes, obviously something's going wrong in the weight class before. Yeah. So if he doesn't find instant success, I don't think he'll continue to do it.
1: Yeah, I'm tapping out on him finding a home here. And when Whenever I listen to DC talk about cutting weight and you watch some of these fighters and what they have to go to to cut this type of weight and also the fact that he's aging and as you get up in age, it gets harder to cut that weight. It's easier to add it. If he doesn't win in explosive fashion here and feel good at 125 right away, I don't believe he makes his home here. Corporal Jake.
3: One last one. Legend Dominic Cruz steps into the octagon once again at UFC 269
0: Saturday night against a tough opponent in Pedro Munoz. RC, tap in or tap out that this is a win or retire bout for Dominic Cruz.
1: I tap in on that. Uh, I, I tap in on it because he's a guy who is a, a former champion. You know, he's a guy who has someone like Sean O'Malley talking stuff about him because of, of, of where he's fighting. And I think Dominique Cruz, Dominic Cruz sometimes the greatest ones need to see themselves not be what they were anymore or not have the opportunity to be a champion. And once Dominic Cruz remembers that or realizes that I believe he's done. If he doesn't win this fight, this will be his last.
0: I tap out RC. I tap out on Dominic Cruz uh, being in a win or retire situation because I know he's too thorough. Mm-hmm. Right. And I know the the battles that he's had to go through to get here. you remember, He may be a little bit older now, but Dominic Cruz missed four or five years due to injury right in the heart of his career. Mm -hmm. So I know all the faith that he had to have in order to stay the course, to stay committed to getting back to the octagon. So I don't believe that if he loses, he would walk away from the game. Um, I think he might have to readjust some things. Mm -hmm. I think the mentality might change. I'm not sure, but I don't believe that it will be the end of Dominic Cruz if he doesn't win this weekend. Uh, He's too competitive and he's too thorough in his preparation. RC, that was a good show, man. But that was was a good good show, show.
1: man. Listen, uh, I was happy to have you back. Hey, you got to hate on Amanda a little bit more. Uh, Dustin got to talk to us about some food, and we kind of uh, area code shamed you a little bit because you're too bougie bad. to hang with the Louisiana boys, man. But I'm glad to be back, bro. I missed you. I was a little jealous that you did the show without me. I was hoping we'd stand together and you would say, no RC, then there's no DC. But you know what? What can hey, I expect listen. from the two-division champ, man, but the show up right, for the team right. when they need them? Ryan, when, when, when
0: you eat those 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 soft shelled oysters and the, the wounds are self-inflicted, like when the wounds are self-inflicted, how do you expect me to jump on the sword for you? That wasn't you why I was
1: that. sick, DC. DC, you that, ate that wasn't the why oysters. I was sick. You DC. ate the oysters. DC, that you wasn't why I was sick. My fat my daughter was sick. Then my wife got sick and she <laughs> gave it to me, bro. Don't do that. It wasn't about being bougie and rich. We love you. I'm RC. That's DC. His initials come first because he's the two-time champ.